Welcome to this week's uh, Progress with Unity podcast and uh, we're going to be looking forward this week to the Middlesbrough and Derby Easter Spectacular. Start that again, eh? Easter Spectacle. (laughs) Easter Extravaganza. That's the one. That's the one, Dan. Uh, We're also going to be looking at uh, a couple of other things. We're going to uh, uh, have a look at the new player recruitment model that's been put in place at the Latics. there's some good news for a few players who've been offered new contracts, some of the young kids, which we'll have a quick chat about. And uh, I'd like to start off today with something that I noticed uh, in the news. It was uh, obviously with it being International Week, internationals have been in, in the news quite a bit, and Greg Dykes uh, proposing that there's restrictions on the number of foreign players complaining in teams and making, um, making work permits uh, harder, harder to get, etc. And I just wonder what our thoughts on it were. Uh, there was a little league table produced of, of all the clubs throughout the four divisions and how many England eligible players they had in the starting lineups last weekend, 21st, 22nd of March. And in the Championship, uh, we actually found ourselves. Um, Not quite in the bottom three. No, well, there was, there was, there was only. Uh, one, two, three. There's only three blocks above us that had, had more than we had, even though we were near the bottom. We had six eligible players, England eligible players. Is this in our squad or in our No, in our 11. starting 11. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, um, I could tell you they were if I, if I had it at the top of my head, but I, <laughs> no, we, we started. We had uh, Harry mean, Maguire, Jason Pierce, Carson, um, oh, Joe. No, Carson wouldn't. Oh, no, 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 J- Josh Murphy. Uh, and Leon Clark and James Perch. That's who they were. Uh, obviously, we would have had more with Carson had played, and, and there's a couple of others in there as well, like Ojo, what yep. we've said. Um, but, what do we think about it? Do you think it makes us any better or any stronger? If we look at uh, the, the teams that had the most in, in their side, Blackburn Rovers had nine England eligible players. Uh, on, they had nine. The next one down is Bournemouth with eight. Obviously, Bournemouth at the top of the league, so they're doing quite well. In second place in the table in the league is Watford. They had three England eligible players. So I don't know where the argument lies for which way to go mm. with this. Uh, well, what I, do we think? I personally don't care if they're from Wagadoodoo or London. If they're good enough, they're good enough. Wagadoodoo? Was that Wagadoodoo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that not yeah. Kajagoodoo? No, that was um, uh, um, too shy. Too what we've experienced this year is not so much about individual players, but how they gel as a team. That's what we've seen this year. Yeah. So, what do I mean? Do you think it's if, if they're English, if they're all English, for example, or British, shall we say? Do you think that allows them to gel a little bit better, Gareth? Or what? What do you think? Quite because, possibly, yeah. Because when you look at a pros- uh, probably our most successful side that we had, uh, adds. One Englishman playing for it in the FA Cup, and that was Callum McManaman. Two Englishmen. Yeah, so I caught you out before. What about Ben Watson? He coming on to sub. Soccer which starts in it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, so um, I was looking in the uh, in the that Premier League campaign of ours under Roberto. Somebody said, "Yeah, don't worry about Ben Watson. Forget him. He don't count." Under Roberto Martinez, that you know, non-England. Uh, players were, were, were quite prominent, weren't they? One of the reasons behind it, though, was the finance. 
it was cheaper or it's, it's so expensive to buy England uh, best players and English, English eligible players why is it an issue? Well, it's not an issue for me it's just no I'm not saying it is Barry what I'm saying is Greg Dyke has said you know we've got a problem why is it an issue? well he's saying because we've not enough players like Harry Kane coming through the system and making England uh, one of the top footballing countries in the world which is what we should be why is that? Is it because as a, as, as a nation we've stopped playing football? If he thinks they're not oh. developing, they're not getting a chance in first teams of top flight clubs and playing in Champions League, etc, etc, etc. Because they're too busy once they get the first contract, that's decent money, they go and get flash cars, flash women, and take their eye off the ball. Do people from other countries not do exactly the same thing though when they come? Do they come? have the same rules in countries like Spain and Holland? No, they're a little bit tighter on, on, on them sorts of things, but when you look at it, apart from the two top clubs in Spain, let's say, most of the top players, Spanish players are actually overseas then, aren't yeah. they? And so they know that it's, it's all to do with money. Simple yeah. as. The thing is, is if clubs in the Premier League and the Championship are going to pay daft money, then, sorry, they're going to, have, they're going to insist on, on having the best players. And if the best player happens to be a guy from Spain or Nigeria or Trinidad and Tobago, they're going to go for it. But do you not think that like when we were in the Premier League, we used to bring players in from abroad because the equivalent English player would have been probably two, three times more expensive than, than what they were. Whose words have we got for that? Chairman of football clubs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah and that's, that's said to defend their decisions in bringing these players in. If a player is the best, if he's better, surely to God you're going to pick him and you're going to pay for him, you're going to sign him. If he's better than, if he's better than this other lad who's coming from Nigeria, then you play him, don't you? You pay, you pay him. But why then pay for another player from a different country? Say, oh, we're not having him because he's too expensive. When there's literally millions floating around in the game, I don't buy that argument. I'm sorry, that is crap as far as I'm concerned. Silly. Adam, what do you think? Sorry, Gareth. We totally make. Agree. I totally agree with right. that. Go on, Gareth. Speaking of the millions floating about in the game, it's a slightly different subject, but Bolton Wanderers have today announced 9.1 million loss for 2014 financial year. That makes their debt 172.9 million. It's not healthy, is it? No. What's ours? But yet, in the same division, we can have a club like ours who are ok then let's say we're not exactly in the black are we but we're not in debt to that extent are we we're only not in debt because we'll in turn the debt into shares didn't it it's a share issue so uh, they've been now passed on to have they been passed on to share no he still owns the club doesn't it the thing is though if you look at the structure if you look at the structure there's money coming into Wigan Athletic Right. Whereas you've got other clubs, let's say for instance, um, biggest club in the country then, just down the road there, money that comes through the turnstiles as well, money that comes over the counter for coffees and burgers and stuff like that, goes to that club. When you go start going down the lower divisions, that's not the case. That's not the case. And so football itself has basically cut its legs off, its own legs. Right? Because what they're doing is they're not generating enough cash to keep clubs afloat. For instance, Bolton has probably got a catering company in who's milking it on match days, whereas the Bolton Wanderers themselves used to get that when they were back down at what We have a catering club in. 
You do ours, stairs yeah. in catering. Yeah. But it's owned by our chairman. Right. So he's milking it on my stairs. Too right, he is. He's a very clever man, our chairman, mm-hmm. isn't he? He makes is. nothing out of Wigan Athletic, he pulls loads of money in, but he's a very right. clever man. Yes, too right. Yeah. Too right. Anyway, getting back to this, uh, to, to this England eligible players. Stoke City in the Premier League were all, under Tony Pulis were always a club that had sort of homegrown players coming through weren't they last weekend they had two England eligible players playing for them just two so I think well, Matt Hughes has come in if you go, is it if you go back but, but can I just say yeah. is it are they I mean I know what you and Adam have alluded to there but I, I don't I don't agree with that I think they get a cheaper option as we prove by going to places like South America Africa, perhaps even even the Far East now, bringing in players who are as good as as mm. as players who are eligible to play for England, but are a lot cheaper. You can sign them cheaper on contract. You can you can pay them less wages. I agree with you on the level of if you've got two players of similar ability, similar skills, and similar impact, you will go for the cheaper option. Definitely, it just makes good business sense. But is it but detrimental to the national team, though? This is <coughs> what yeah. Greg Dyke's saying. I think. It? I think all we need to do is look at what happened in Scotland, because if you look what happened with Celtic and Rangers, and then you look at what happened to Scotland as a, as a national side, and how they're just recovering from all that, then yeah, of course it is, definitely. Because well, just explain what well, you mean by that. Right. Well, when, Sco- when Scotland, obviously. The English FA follows the Scottish FA and everything, really, don't they? The Scottish FA were the first ones to go to Premier status. English players were banned from playing in Europe in the mid 80s because of some stupid no, team English clubs were banned, not English players. Well, in, from representing English clubs, so we lost out a lot on that, didn't we? But a lot of English players went north of the border because that's where the money was. And that's where they were playing uh, European football. Like Paul Gascoigne. Totally early. You look at you look at that side, what Graeme Souness had at Rangers, yeah. and near enough eight of them who collected that title at the end of that season were all England regulars. But they were coming to at the end of the, the, the life as football players, or were they? They weren't in the peak. But what they were doing was taking the place of young Scottish lads who were coming through the ranks. Yeah. Now Rangers and Celtic drag from other places. The best, the best team Scotland's ever had, when, what was the best side Scotland ever had, would you say? I would say the one that was at the 82 World Cup. Right, so... And, no, the one before that as well. Yeah, well, who, who, who was in that team? What, the 82 World Cup? Yeah. Players. Who filled the clubs like Liverpool, yeah, England, Spurs, yeah. Arsenal. Basically, English clubs, instead of going to the, the cheap places like Scotland league, and yeah. Ireland, now they've jumped on the bandwagon, they go into places like, you say, South America, Africa. Right. English clubs have been littered with foreign players for years. Just that the foreign, when it was Scottish and Irish, people didn't consider foreign. So now, now when you, I bet if you look back and actually count England eligible players, I bet there's not a great deal of difference. I bet if you count the averages, it's Between not massive. Yeah, I bet it's not really? massively different. It will be at some, you know, well, because because they're not because we used to be full of Irish and, and Scottish in, and Welsh yeah, internationals. Yeah, we used to be full yeah. of. of Home nations players yeah. now now they're, they're full of United Nations players. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point actually. Yeah. I do. I, I, for me, yeah. for me, the biggest thing that's changed the England team isn't any sort of quota. It's the fact that club football is more important than national football. You can also and, and you you look at England, the, the the people that follow the England team, 
They're all League 2, League 3 clubs. Also, They're not Premier League. Also, players. just alluding to what you just said there now about the club football. Club football, throughout the whole four divisions, used to produce uh, quality players. And then top teams used to go in to sign 21-year-old Keegans and, and uh, other players of that ilk who were at second, third, even fourth division clubs. You hardly hear of that these days now. And that's because these clubs are allowed to go to those areas, pick them up as kids, sign them up, buy them houses, put them in their youth teams and drag them through. Whereas, like, let's say 40 years ago, David Beckham would have ended up playing for West Ham. And then he would have actually got signed by uh, another bigger club who would have paid him mega bucks. But no, David Beckham was playing for Man United in the... In the um, as a 14-year-old, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, and, he was there as a 14-year-old. And that's what's happening as well, because, yes, we can turn around and say that the likes of Man United and Liverpool and Arsenal and that are dragging um, some of these young... Sorry, drag is the wrong word. He's working with these young lads and everything. But them lads are not from them local areas. We got on one from Liverpool, Shea Ojo. Mm. He, he's from Milton Keynes and we uh, he was signed by Liverpool from MK Don. That, yeah, that, that, a 14 year old that, that is where you sort of hit the problem he's gone into Liverpool as an academy player now he's coming out on loan to us to try and get some experience if he was you know you look at players that, that have come through at, at smaller clubs crew used to have the, the infamous oh. turning players out as they sell those players on, that money filters down from the top clubs into the lower clubs. If they pick them up as 14-year-olds, they don't ever have to pay the smaller yeah. clubs. You know, what are Liverpool paying us to have Ojo? We probably find that money's going up the tree because we're paying the loan fee. You know? yeah. and, and, and that's where the problem is. But then you get those 14-year-old players. Well, that's where we end up having feeder clubs instead. Yes. That's, that's, I think we're in danger of becoming that. They go we're to, in danger of becoming you know, a feeder club. They go to places like Liverpool and how many youth players break through you know you look at Man City they're a fantastic academy it's producing results right at the point where they suddenly got bucket loads of money how many have come through their academy since none because they don't get the opportunity because the, the bloke in charge thinks I hope my wallet's got another 57 million thousand rubles in or whatever the currencies are dinars and goes out buys another one go and buy another one they were going through left backs at the rate of one a season so international quality is Greg Dyke right then is he right in saying the quarter's wrong and we should have more ch chances of these kids coming through I don't I don't like the uh, the word quota because it, it means that there's, there's a problem and you've got to uh, start limiting things for me I think it's the system what's wrong you've just mentioned something there about is Wigan becoming a feeder club I think it's the other way around I think it, we are becoming a club that's being used by a much bigger club Take our players, we might do a good job for you, but we're having them back in six months. What does that do to us as a club? It might actually keep us solvent as a, as a championship club. That's about it. Because then when they come back, we've got to then start unearthing our own talent. Now for me, I think this, the, the problem is, is with the system of bringing young players through. They're all attracted to the big offers. What, what has happened? to grassroots football in this country where small clubs used to unearth a diamond and that diamond was theirs until they polished it a little bit to sell up. Well, theirs, there's none of that. We've been there's doing no honour. We've done that in recent years. It, I, we just seem to have absolutely lost the plot in the last 12 months, 18 months and I think the whole piece about 
we're going to a new player recruitment, we're going to the academy, we're building that thing up at Janet Richard. If it comes off, to me that represents a complete reversal and going right back on the track from just wandering off chasing this Premier League quick return dream that we had. You know, you go back 12 months and that's where we were. Right, okay, so I think we've done that to death now, don't you? Anybody yes. else any? It sort of does well though, getting non-English England eligible players over the past eight seasons. My, 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 my sentiments on it is, if they're good enough yeah. to play, you play. You don't care where you come from. Go on, yeah, on what Mick says, the getting quality players from abroad gives English, young English players, the opportunity to play against the best in the world domestically, and hence it helps them develop. Well, it, it does if they're in a team. They're getting themselves into a team so they can play against these these players. But if they're not, if the if the progression through to the teams blocks, mm. then 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 it's not. Sorry, my last thing on this is if you look <laughs> at other, if you look at other sports, if you look at other sports, like rugby league, cricket, where they actually did put a limit on how many overseas players you could have, then in the long run, you look back now, and in the long run, it it has actually worked because of the standard. It drags it up. The stat, yeah, because what, it, what it's then got is you're concentrating more on developing people on your own doorstep. But also in other sports, you are not allowed to go out of your defined area. Right? So when you get young players, they become part of your domain. In other words, you have them. Mm. Yeah? And nobody else is allowed to... All right, I know it's happened in football where there are offers being made to take them elsewhere and pay for all the moves and everything. But yet, that becomes then, that player becomes a commodity of that club. Yeah. If you're talking in pure business terms. But yet, they could do great things for that club on the field. Right. Okay, right. Well, I think this leads us nicely on to, to our next point this evening, which is, and I'm going to come to Adam for this, um, player recruitment. Uh, just recently the Latics have announced a new model of player recruitment and uh, David Sharp made a big announcement in the press and on the club's website and he says that it's going to be overseen by Matt Jackson who's the head of football operations alongside uh, Jonathan Jackson and Gregor Rioch who's, who's the uh, academy head and they've also appointed Jamie Roberts into the newly created role of head of player identification. Now, I don't know if you know of Jamie Roberts. He was actually with the Latics from 2007, uh, and he left last year to come work for Prozone. And he's come back, and he, he's he's one of these analyst guys who, who does all that. So, I actually remember him being taken on. He, I think he did our uh, what's that opti opti. I think he yeah. was doing that for us. He he he, he started off when we first did, did that. Uh, so they reckon he's one of the top lads in his field. So what's he doing at the Latics? I have no idea. <laughs> and also, sorry, Paul, because I'm going to speak right, to him. And also, um, we're going to get a new chief scout who hasn't right. been announced yet. And it, uh, have, have you seen? Have you, have you seen Sharp's comments? Do you know what he said about I've, it. I've not seen him. Yeah. Well, he's talking about it's a completely different new approach. Uh, we're going to use analytics. Uh, we're going to uh, look at plays in, in, in different uh, in, in different scenarios. We're going to look at some playing in different weather conditions. We're even going to study the social media mm -hmm. accounts to see what sort of person they are. Check, and we're going to identify the, yeah, the right people for the club. What do you think of it? 
think it's moving in the right, right direction. That, that's a nice way of doing things. I mean, maybe it's a bit, you know, a bit too much. Or TT. Yeah, but, I mean, if, you, if you're concentrating on this new academy being built and getting the right people in... Well, it's not just about it's, it's not just about the, the youngsters. This is about future. Oh, it's about actual science. Yeah, yeah. For, so for players at any age group, from 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 like youth players right through up until season pros. You look at Andy Delore. He obviously you look at who scouted him. They didn't do a very good job because of the way of looking at him in different situations and his reach up to a different level. They didn't look at that, but this new recruitment system. That's what they're telling you. Yeah, I know, but. That, that deal was sanctioned by Sharp and, and Whelan themselves. So they, it, 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 I mean, the, the one real positive out of that is that if you go back over the last four or five years and look at all the players we were trying to get hold of but missed, a lot of them have turned out to be bloody good players at different clubs. That is really positive. But in terms of identifying, you know, and the bloke who seems to have been central to some of that is back. Can't argue with that. But, you know, player identification, because we've looked at some number. I don't care if you're reading bloody tea leaves. If you find a cracking player, jobs are good. You can have all the science, all the stats you want. If you, if you start picking up duds, forget it. It sounds very much championship managerish to me. It does. I mean, which is fitting, because we're in the championship. Yeah. You know. But, it, that's what it does, not I mean, started off in 98 with Premier League 98 manager, and, yeah. and it's all unfolded, and, it's, and that's how you used to look for your, your, your players, didn't you? When you sign on, you know, speed, strength, uh, agility, tackling. Because aren't they using that system now? They're using the branching out with, in collaboration with the game to look at these stats, because the pro zone works with the game with Football Manager, and you'll, it links up with clubs, and clubs will be on that looking at different stats and that's that's how they're doing it nowadays really yeah it is I've, I've seen a lot of articles about it yeah well I mean that's the model this is the model what Brentford wants to go to isn't it this yeah. is why uh, Warburton's well, left I'll tell you why yeah. I don't trust that is because I was actually approached not last season I think the season before to help with gathering the statistics for FIFA I think it was so anybody who trusts me shouldn't be trusted <laughs> damn, with damn, player recruitment that's why you're here on this podcast yeah. you're an best. expert and did you turn them down? Were they paying? No. Oh, well, uh, well done. <laughs> See, there you go, volunteers. But surely using this, though, is going to miss going to miss some players. Some players who aren't. You're Gary yeah. Linicus, yeah. for example. He's going to miss a lot. Cracking goal scorer, lazy as anything, wouldn't, you know, doesn't sprint after anything. So all these little stats about stamina and, and work race and everything else, doesn't add up? It all just feeds into a system where, ultimately, you need a person that can spot a player be it using the stats to say right I'll go and watch him him and him as opposed to reading report match reports and thinking right I better give him a look do you know what I'd do if I was looking for strikers I'd have a look who Bournemouth are looking at because I'll tell you what they turn strikers over at a rapid rate and, and I'd tap into Eddie Omi I yes. really would yeah here here this system right uh huh would it produce a gazer would it pick up Ian Wright? Would it pick up George Best? Because what, what what you've just been saying, what you've been alluding to there, them three lads would never have been looked at according to that kind of criteria. With the social media stuff? But not only just that, because Ian Wright was inside, wasn't he? Mm. Right? Gaza, virtually, he, he, he was hardly ever at school. His school reports and everything determined that he was a bit of a loose cannon. And we all know what George Best used to do when he was playing 
right? He was one of the best ever trainers when he was at Man United and stuff like that. But what he did between training sessions and what he did between matches would horrify these people. Yeah. Mm. So I'm sorry, but that is too regimental and too psychoanalysis. You, you don't get players like George Best who are a little bit different off the field now, though, do you? I think they're coached. I think they're oh, yeah, you do. You just don't hear about it. That's really? why. Yeah, of course, yeah, because a lot of You don't think James McLean's a little bit different off the, off the pitch? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't want to go down any routes here where we want to, you know, get into dodgy territory yeah. with him, but whatever you think of James McLean, there's one thing that you can't disagree with. He's a character. Of course he is. He's an absolute character. Yeah. But then again, though, would this system have actually allowed him to have been... No, we, we, yeah, we wouldn't. You know. I don't think we would have signed him. Not with his track record on, on, on Twitter. I, I'm, I'm sorry, that is disgusting, yeah. that, because all this crap, I'm sorry, I'm calling it crap again, but it's there for their jobs. That's all. They're coming up with all this justification of their own jobs for me because you didn't need this when England won the World Cup. Do you think we've been stung by bad signings and, and, and they're looking to blame something away from themselves and, yeah. and that's why this system's yeah. coming well, in? I, I do because what, what, what could it produce that's not being produced that's well? Because we are not producing it ourselves here. So we're buying, we're buying in talent from everywhere. Yeah, but so, we've heard, haven't we, that we shipped out a full squad of youth level players to fund a couple of transfers so I, for, for me that's, that is the big thing that if we've gone away from that and we're going back to the we need to be picking up players at all levels not put all our eggs in the Rosler basket as we did that for me is the way we win because mm. we, we you know the, the more if you're casting your net in the right places and you're picking up three or four players the more, the more you run through that system, the more chance you've got of someone coming good out of that system. Gareth, who's going to come in then with something? I was going back to what Mick was saying. I'm Mick's a school teacher. And you see that every year, in every year or every other year coming through schools, there's a special one, isn't there? And they're special from 10 or 11 year old. These, these, these levels of fitness, levels of ability. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you, Gareth, in answering that, it's not always the most talented who make it. It's that psychological change what occurs in a in a, in a kid, because I know some uh, some lads who went on to play international rugby league, okay, and at school they were model students because they knew if they stepped out of line they would not play rugby, right? I've also known quite a lot who went on to become international rugby players who were absolute lunatics at school because. What they had was at the age of 15 or 16, they weren't the most gifted of players, but they changed. And what we used to call it, we used to call it the nast. And it was that idea of, that's what I want to do, that's what I'm going to do. And everything was focused on it. And you need to have that psychological edge. I bet you now here around the table, there are some of us who are much, much better footballers than the others. I'd agree with By that. However, there's probably one of us round here who would actually give the right arm to win at absolutely everything. And that's what distinguishes professional sports people from us average people. Yeah? It's that desire. That's why you get so many issues mm. with the It's surprising, I know, but you do get lots of issues. To answer your question before, all about James McLean, etc., and other players of that ilk. Clubs have got so clever to it now to keep it under wraps that they have now started looking after the players away from the training ground and stuff like that. But as a kid growing up, 
somewhere and you want something so bad you know you've got a talent I've got to say there's a lot of professional footballers now but we're not as skillful as kids they play football with at school I bet mm. we all know some kid mm. at school who we all thought was wow but didn't have that passion and drive to make it and that's what you do notice I think and it happens to about 15, 16 yeah there's a definite psychology to it because you get people who, who basically they don't have the talent but they graft the way through mm. and then you get the other psychology to it like when Denmark came off the beach to win the European Championships yeah. they weren't going there all for it was like right let's just have a laugh let's just play football see where we get we've got talent don't worry about that but we've got free minds and Roberto always used to go on about being in the right mindset it is and and that right psychology mindset is, is such a thing it's all about that the whole career mm. you know game to game you've got to be in the right mindset and through your whole career you've got to have the right mindset mm. which brings us to uh, Oh no, we're going to leave the recruitment model behind. It brings us on to uh, uh, our next thing. This week we've had uh, the announcement from the club that six uh, second-year uh, academy players have been given full-time contracts. Sam Cosgrove, Louis Robles, Liam Langford, Adam Anson, I've never heard of those two if I'm being honest, Adrian Puzic... Come on down. Peritsky. Thank you. Peritsky. And uh, goalkeeper Owen Evans, uh, who we got from Hereford when they scrapped the youth team in his highly rated place for Wales under 21, that lad. So he's a highly rated keeper. So it's, uh, congratulations to them, and it shows yeah. that there is some, some movement coming through, hopefully. On that, can I just say, well done to the local press for the way in which they've actually publicised all that. They've given a, a, a nice profile of each individual. And, and I think it's very good because I know we've debated this around the table before about is our local press giving our lower um, the, like youth teams and set ups the uh, coverage they deserve and I think they have done this week so well done then yeah well done then yeah um, but on the on the downside of all that obviously if we've got six who's made it and we've got, we've got quite a few more who uh, who haven't and they're going to be uh, sadly leaving the club and like we were saying before about some lads slip through the net only hopefully one or two of them will, will, will go on to, to have a career within the game that's everywhere that it does yeah so what's the, ter- what's the terms of the pro contract uh, play football and get paid for it yeah, yeah for two years at least for two years oh, yeah, yeah unless they misbehave on, on Twitter <laughs> Instagram Facebook or whatever else um, also talking about, about lads uh, that we got we've mentioned Ryan uh, Jennings haven't we previously He's gone off to Accrington. Accrington su- Stanley! I'm surprised. Based on, I know exactly. he's only pre-season friendly. I'm surprised we haven't seen him this season. Because he, he, he looked handy in that pre-season friendly. Mm. He thought, especially given that we've had striker troubles. So did well, Tavernia. You think, yeah, you think they'd have got a game. Right, I'm just going to mention this before we move on. Before we move on to our previews, uh, there's been a piece in the press this week from our... our, 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 our main striker this season Mark Antoine Fortuna ah. who's blamed the demise of the club this <laughs> season on the defence so it's not yeah. his inability to score no goals. he said hold on hold on April Phil's job no 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 it was in, in the Wigan Evening Post we've just been talking about and it was uh, uh, he mentioned the fact that we were giving goals away <laughs> every week and this is why we're, we're uh, where we are no 
Fair enough. We're so losing we'll matches. Yeah. Well, there's not much pressure on them because they know uh, his end, they're not doing the business. Yeah, but the, key, the key paragraph in the whole of that report was the fact that he, he is pining for his striking hook. <laughs> right. Holds it. And but that's why he's struggling. You know he'll never, they'll never play together again unless it's uh, a game of cards. So, Michael, go uh, with her. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, Alty won't mind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Right, okay, so we've got two massive games coming up, we're back in, everything's back uh, this week. I've missed it while it's been away, and those England internationals don't do for me, they don't, they don't get me going at all. Although I thought we played well against uh, Lithuania, it wasn't too bad. Um, but we missed the championship, don't we? We missed it too much. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've had a nice break, if you ask me. Oh, I've missed yeah. it. There's only seven games left. Let's get the season finished. Let's get it done and dusted. Let's see where we're going to end up. Stay up, yeah. Right. First up, we've got Burr on Saturday. No, we've not. Friday. Friday. Second time this week I've made that mistake. Good. Confusing Friday with Saturday. What's good about it? What's good about Friday? Dan, you said good. What's good about Friday? It's good Friday. Thank you. Friday. That's it. Um, right, so we're, we're away at the Riverside Stadium. Anybody been? I've been. Lovely ground. Really enjoyed I've it. Past it. Nice town, Middlesbrough. I tell you, it was. I, I enjoyed myself. I was met by some Middlesbrough fans who took me round town and showed me a good time. And we had a good time. And we had a Palmer after. Have you had a Palmer? One of the local delicacies. Oh, it's a tight between two slices of red it is. But fantastic. Well, I had a really good time when, when I went there with those uh, people. I went say. there, slept on a couch and came home. Right, anyway, we've got Brewer away. The referee is... Uh, Kevin Friend. No, it's the... Uh, Gareth. Stuart Atwell. Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah. This season he's done 32 games, one of which was in the Premier League. Uh, he's issued 77 yellow cards and he sent four people off. What? Why, did he, why did he ref one game in the Prem? Why? Was he demoted? No, he was promoted just to see if he'd learnt his lesson. And yeah. ha- obviously he Obviously, hadn't. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, the, the, the thing that I remember two instances that stick out in my mind with that well being in charge of Latics games. One was the own game against West Ham when he sent Carlton Cole off for two ridiculous yellow cards. Uh, he also sent Lee Catamull off for siding down um, Parker when he never touched him and Parker were flapping around like a drying fish. I don't know if anybody remembers yeah, that. Absolutely yeah. scandalous. And then when we played City away, he sent off Gary Corwell because Tevez two-footed him. Do you remember that? <laughs> They've both challenged for the ball. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, but, um, Martin has got fined for calling him a liar, didn't he? Yeah. And Atwell said, well, I could see two feet coming in. He's like, yeah. Two with bright orange socks or blue socks. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was Tevez, Tevez who did it. Yeah. So, uh, that's Atwell. But, uh, last season, he, uh, he refereed us away at Forest and we won 4 1. So, uh, you know, uh, times may be a changing and they also refereed as a known game I can't remember who it was now but we won that one as well I think it was Blackburn uh, previously we've played Borough 14 times we've only won 2 we've lost 5 and drawn 7 uh, quite a big club weren't they when we you know years ago when we were 
down in the bottom end of the league and they they were always a top flight or second tier team um, and then they went bankrupt so Gareth what do we know about Borough well Mark Antoine fortunately was going on about our defence Borough have the best defence in the championship they've conceded just 30 goals um, the second least conceded is Sheffield Wednesday and Bournemouth who've conceded 40 goals so Borough's defence is something special uh, uh. Uh, the last six uh, they've won three and lost three so they're bit in and out at the moment one of them was away at Bournemouth though weren't it yes last week Yeah, 3-0 they lost at Bournemouth they did we've uh, got a good striker though Patrick Bamford yes he's uh, he's one of those players that I don't think those stats would pick up because he doesn't do anything but score goals but he does he score goals he scores good goals 14 in the league yeah he always against us as well and he scores regular even for MK Dons when he was on loan there he scored against us didn't he uh, very important game this uh, Rotherham uh, are away at Birmingham on Friday so not an easy game for them but if that gap does not widen on Friday we will stay up I think that's the big point Paul isn't it if it I think come out of these two games the two games and if it's not widened after the two games I think I think we've, we've got half a chance yeah I think we've got half a chance anyway we, we've improved over the last few weeks well, what if we're out of it and we're above them by one point we're laughing aren't we then we've got to keep that momentum going and, and to aim for the next team above us and, and yeah. to get past them get past Fulham Boom. that's what we've got to do you just keep just keep going Chip yeah. away at it. Keep right on to the end of the road. But can you see us winning our next two games then? Yes. Well, let's not forget we've won our last four away games. And let's face it, we were battered shit out of Bolton, didn't we? Even well, though we didn't win. Yeah. We've had a bit of bad news well, today. Before that, oh, we were lucky. Yeah, player, players oh, uh, out for. Definitely yeah. out for the, last, for, for the next five games, maybe until the end of the season. Don Cowie got a bruised knee what about, why is that bad <laughs> it's bad for Don isn't it no, I've got a bruised knee I have yeah, to tell you it's not nice yeah it's yeah. bad for him but what's he done for the last well, it's a squad after. member though isn't it it doesn't matter the squad members the, yeah. the squad members sometimes he gets a bit of a bum steer Don Kelly I oh, think he well, you know he does a job he's had him he needs to leave the cattle alone then he's had done too yeah he's had done too he's like Marco Marco's had done too as well yeah Marco Marco can't tell if he's been sarcastic or not though. well I don't disagree with you because it's not his fault he gets picked every week to play up front <laughs> that's all right, I say right. he can't play though right who's picked him who's picked who's picked him up front well that's that's the big question isn't Go it on, who's picked him I don't know that's the question right Malky Mackay Malky Mackay coaching Tuve Rosler and and Owen Coyle. Coyle picked him. Go back beyond that. Steve Clark, who people complained because he went to Reading and we didn't get him, we had Mackay instead. Go back beyond that. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. wait. Champions League Are winning Roberto Di Matteo. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Steve Clark never played him through the middle. He played him wide right. There's a difference. And um, who's the other one that was manager of West? Oh, 
Oh, oh yeah, that fellow who was talking about England. Yeah, that fellow who's now managing England. He played in wide There's right something, though. honestly, there's yeah. something that he's got somewhere. He's not rubbish. He has that special talent, doesn't he? Anyway. He's not rubbish. He's a goal for the partner. He's, he's just just rubbish partners. Have you, have you ascertained that he's not you rubbish need last week? to give him a partner. It's like a swamp. A swamp, yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> we've got Burra then. What are we going to do at Burra? Come on, Gareth, give us some positives. Play football. It's, it's hard to find a positive. Well, we won our last four away games, so right. let's make it five. Yes, we'll win one now. Adam. One nil win. Mick. Oh, I think we'll just win. I'm not predicting there. Uh, I thought we're going to stuff them. Catherine. Draw. Draw. You've been quiet all, all this episode. You've just been sat there. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping your eye on us all. Yeah, Co- see what you're up to. Couple yeah. of little chuckles. Yeah. Paul. Well, a good visit to Middlesbrough involves not having to go to the doctors when you come back. Barry, I think I think we're going to be we're going to draw, and it's going to be a good draw because it'll bring us one point closer. I think we'll draw as well. So uh, yeah, I I don't think we'll be too disappointed. I think we'll have a good Friday. Anyway, let's move on to Monday. Uh, We've got Derby County on Monday. They're in town. Uh, The Derby lads. Remember we had them on the podcast earlier this season. Nice bunch of chaps. Uh, they were surprised we were doing as badly as we were then we went and beat them yeah. uh, I've been talking to one of them today via Twitter and he said he's surprised how badly we're doing so let's all history sort of repeats itself and we can go and beat them um, the referee for the derby game is Simon Hooper uh, he's done 32 games this year he's issued 106 yellow cards and 3 reds one good thing with Hooper and one bad thing one bad thing, he added on 12 minutes of injury stoppage time in a game that we played when we were winning 1-0. The good thing is, we won 1-0 away at Reading. Uh, so he was, the, he was the referee for that game. Don't know anything about him really, apart from the fact he added 12 minutes of stoppage time on when we were winning 1-0. And was no, is it the referee that adds on the injury time? Or is it the team of, of officials? The referee. Or, is it the referee? Yeah, because okay. he has a match clock and, and right, stops it and he's supposed to do. Um, Previously against Derby, again we've played Derby 14 times, but we've we've slightly got the advantage here. We've won seven of those, we've lost four and drawn three. Gareth, Chris Martin, they're no good without him, are they? Who called them? I don't know. He's the top scorer with 16 goals. Yeah. Chris Martin, yes. So he's been missing for the past few weeks, hasn't he? And they've they've tumbled down the table. They've won. They've managed two draws out of the last six games. Yeah. They've won one of the last seven. The last win being the 24th of February. Oh, don't say that. We're very good for changing these runs right (laughs) in those, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. They've lost four and drawn two of the last six games, so the form's rubbish, basically. Did you win? <laughs> that's it, well, uh, it, it's all about it's all around Martin, isn't it? Since he's been injured and out, out the yeah. side, so I don't know what his status is. I, I think he's still injured, isn't he? The single, single to be honest. Second top scorer only got six goals. Who's that? Uh, that's Jeff Hendrick, and oh, Jolly yeah. Russell. They both got six goals. But Darren Bent's not a couple in for him as well. Has five. He? He's not five. He's only been there two weeks, hasn't he? So, oh, so uh, that's what Bent's doing these days. Yeah. Get bent. Do you remember that saying? I watched uh, Bit Reeves the other night, and he had a course on the back of it. Said get bent, and that. Oh, I did split my sides laughing at that. I did. Couldn't stop laughing. I did, what does it mean? Go and get bent, thee. Tell you what, my tangents are better than yours. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, I use the term fire. Will you fire? Nobody does. Oh, I know what it means. Ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Or plain. 
I call everybody for me now. Yeah, you get away with that. Oh, too late, um, so, uh, optimistic about Easter Monday, Gareth? Yes. Okay, that'll yes. do for me. Moving Succinct. On. Adam? No. Optimistic, you're not? No, I can You're not ecstatic about no. it, are you? I just don't think it'll be good. You don't get the York? No. No. You think we're going to lose this one, I think do you? We're going to lose. We're going to take a bit of a beating. Yeah. yeah. I've got a feeling. Any more egg puns? I, I think it'll be alright. I think it'll be a good banker. A good banker? Mm. Oh, bank holiday one. Yeah, mm. I like that. Catherine? The pitch, it's awful, isn't it? The pitch. I do not think the pitch is a bit awful. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, and the weather will be bad. And yeah. Darling will be playing on the same pitch. I'm not awful. Well, well observe, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> You're not awful. <laughs> I'm not awful. Oh. Behind shelf crack. It could be like going back into half a day, wouldn't it? Come on. Baseball ground, yeah. Come on, we've, we've not won at home in years and years, and you're not pulling out resurrection funds. Come on. Well, well where is coming round this year, Tom? Well, the way I was thinking about it was we saw Derby absolutely paced us down here last season. Yeah. And if we'd have been sat here thinking, well, next, this time next year, there'll be seven games to go, and we'll be in with a decent shout of doing the double over them, you'd have thought we'd have, you wouldn't have thought we'd have put us in the bottom three, would you? No, no. I, like I said before, if we get anything out of the two games, closer to Rotherham, we're laughing. So what do you think? Oh, I'd take four points from both games. We'll have a win against Derby. Right, Dan. Do the double. Come on. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say we're going to win. 1-0. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> I, I think we'll draw. Oh, oh, yes. yes. Oh, I, I think oh. we're going to have 2 one all draws over Easter and that's, that's the way it's going to go. And well, that could be good what, in the end. If Rotherham, have, Rotherham lose two and we have two draws, we'll have it. Yeah, we're only four points behind them. With five games to go. Three points. Three points, three points behind that's them. That's what I said. We're only three points behind them with five games mm. to go. Right, okay. Um, just uh, a couple of things to, to mention um, before we wrap up today. Uh, the Millwall game on the 14th Millwall, Millwall. away. It's been back, been back down at the uh, DW Stadium. If anybody fancies it, we're in the North Stand by the Marquee. Is there an equivalent of the been back for the Middlesbrough game? No. In a pub somewhere in Wigan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, is there? <laughs> Yes, Goose Green. Goose Green. Yeah. How have they got the footage for that? Can we announce that on this thing or will have to edit it out? Leave it on then, eh? Which Goose, Goose Green, which pub? Give them a plug. It's the Labour Club, isn't it? It's, it's the, the one. Yes, it's Goose Green. Goose Green Labour Club. It's not the bloody windows now. It's not Wigan Lane. Wigan Lane. Via Norwegian. Bowling Green. Satellite. Bowling Green. No, it's not Swindon. Swindon, no. Bowling Green. You know the Bowling Green. Right, so there was some dodgy link on the old internet then. Right, anyway, getting back to the beanbag. The beanbag is on the 14th of April, it's £5 a ticket, if you're a season ticket holder, if not, £7, but if you're not, I'm sure somebody with a season ticket will sort you out. What, uh, what time's the kick-off for that? It is 7.45. What day is it? Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday Are we going? Possibly. Yeah, I'll be yeah, there. Yeah, let's get down. Let's yeah. get down with the old podcast on the road. The yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, podcast right. on the road. Right. Uh, Glasses today have announced that the uh, player of the season do is uh, going to be uh, on the week before the end of the season and it's called Dinner with Dave and usually it, it runs 
anything from 45 to 65 quid this and uh, because we've had one of the worst seasons we've ever had they've decided to hike the prices up a little bit and they're going to charge £130 per head I don't know, I don't know about do somebody's been done yeah so uh, I, I, if anyone from the club's listening absolutely scandalous absolutely there's nothing else to say does that mean scandalous. if you cut your head off you can get him free scandal I think it's scandalous it's just absolutely scandalous there's a better dude coming the week after at £5 a ticket you'll be more entertained you'll like it a lot more details um, the secret podcast do it's a secret do <laughs> yeah. it's not so secret Shh. now is it no, no it's a secret don't do don't tell them Barry uh, uh, but uh, all I'll say is uh, to find out what it is check Michael Wigan Jesus was a Wiganer and other reputable athletics fan signs. Jesus was Wiganer isn't reputable I know it's not but I have to put it in because mm. you have to sign him Cast our minds back to last week. We did the old uh, Latics connection to, to, to the TV show. So this week, going to be good. This week, we've, as promised, we're going to do the movies. And uh, so anyway, are we, oh, I think we've all got some movies that we thought of were connected to Latics players, past, present, managers, etc., etc. I'll start us off. Paul Jewell, Confessions of a Window Cleaner. James McLean, Forrest Gump. <laughs> run fat by run. Can't <laughs> no. Emerson Boyce, a man for all seasons. Oh, very good. Guy. Ah, good, mm. good, very good. By Robert Bull. Very. Good. That was very good. Dirty Harry Maguire. Oh, I like it. I like it. He's cracking the thing there. Dave Whelan, the dictator. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I like that one. Michael Brown, Psycho. Catherine, have you got one? Um, I am Legend. Emerson Boys. Oh, yes. oh, love it, love it, love it. Jermaine Pennant, nine and a half weeks. I've got one. Got his contract. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Charles and Zogbia. Olivia Capo. French Connection. Ah. Mm. 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 Daniel Jermaine, is he French? No, he's Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Friend, you yeah, mate. Oh, Kevin Fred. Postman yeah. Pat the movie. Postman always rings twice. Oh. <laughs> David Sharp, grown ups. <laughs> <laughs> David Sharp, grown ups too. Harry Maguire, Monsters Inc. He just does that appearance of Sully, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a really good one. Bitch. Paul Sharp, oh, so Paul Sharp. Paul Thorpe, Despicable Me. <laughs> 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 You're not the first one. Oh, we're all happy on that note. <laughs> Hold on, what would be Pinocchio? What would be? Who wooden? would be Pinocchio? Somebody who's a bit wooden. Yeah, maybe. No strings. Who? Lies. I don't know. That's for you to answer. Big nose. Who's well, that? It. <laughs> you know. You know. Oh, the Arabian Nights. You're not supposed to just throw a film out and let us make the connection. Supposed to come up with a joke. Okay, then who lies a lot in the Wigan Athletic side, in the Wigan Athletic setup? Well, you're supposed to thought the joke. You're not supposed to tell yeah, us how to think of the joke. Never mind. Who? Who lies? I don't know. Who Vera? Who Vera Osler? Oh, you just said you. Ah. Instead of the Wolf of Wall Street, the Wolf of Wallgate. David. Well. Right then, it's died of death this. It has. Oh, I thought that was quite funny. Well, Paul no, certainly not did. As, well, it's not as funny as Brian Pass. Well, you've cut that out, haven't you? Mm -hmm. 
I think your man's after you. No, I'm sorry. getting letters. There was nobody. There was nobody to swear at I was. David Sharp, the diary of a wimpy kid. Oh, I know one. It's a cracker. Right on that note, diary of a wimpy kid. Good night from me. Good night from me. I'll sit there. Dirty old town. Dirty old town.